every single one. We'll do that at 7.30. Canton Charge tickets, 8.30. iHeartRadio Music Awards trip to L.A. We'll do that at 9 o'clock. And again, 9 o'clock got to be a big hour on the program this morning. As we will be joined in studio by a guy named Albert Wooden, who I believe is the executive director of Save 22, which is an organization that is out to prevent the fact that currently in this country that 22 veterans a day take their lives. That number is just mind-boggling, dude. It really is. Like, essentially, one, one veteran an hour is killing themselves. That's, That's way crazy. too many. That's way crazy. Too many. So Albert and I have been emailing back and forth for a long while now, and uh, he sent me some good information, and he's asked for a couple of minutes, so I cleared out you know, a couple of the blocks of the 9 o'clock hour. We'll talk to Albert. So he just reached out to you and was mm-hmm. like, hey, man, this is something I want to talk. Dude, I mean, that's great. Well, what happened was is you and I um, were on the air talking, um, and I forget the exact story, but you know, you and I both have a pretty good view of the military and the vets and like how that sh- how that right. treatment should go. Right. And, um, you know, so he reached out. He's like, "Dude, I really like your view on this. I I really respect the fact that you didn't serve, and yet you you understand it's important to respect the people that had." And he's like, "So I feel like this would be a good place for me to do this." And he just and I felt bad. There was a, there was a while where I just was lazy about getting back to him and stuff. And so finally, I did, and I said, "Well, dude, you know the whole thing saved twenty two. Why don't we meet on February twenty second? You okay. know, twenty second. Okay, come in at nine o'clock. Let's do it." Did you plan that? You made that happen? I did. I did. I did. The twenty second. I would have never even put that together. Drive it home. Look at our boy. Drive it Look home. Look at our boy making stuff happen. <laughs> making things happen. Do you know what I'm making happen what right now? Dude, my body is in serious pain. Okay. 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 I have not wanted to be one of these. A, because I'm worried about me failing. But uh, well, A, I'm worried about me failing. B, I'm worried. <laughs> about me failing and see like i just i know people that like take on these new things become like super annoying right but i have been eating better and i have been um back in the gym right and uh and i have felt a lot better i've been sleeping a little bit better not so much last night but overall i've been sleeping a little bit better and an undeniable confidence boost. I mean, you're going to oh, feel be- sure. you're going to feel better about yourself as a human just because you've taken action on something. I mean, that's a huge part of anything is just getting over that hurdle of I'm not doing it into I'm doing it. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, I can do this. I'm capable of doing this. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you feel better. So I went to the I'm a YMCA member. I live downtown. So I work out. At, I work out at the Eric Snow quite a bit. That's the gym I use most. Um, occasionally North Canton here or whatever. But mostly Eric Snow, and they have a pool down there. And so I go into the gym yesterday, and I'm in the locker room, and I, I I walk around the corner, I open the door to like the pool area, and there's nobody in there but the lifeguard. Nobody in there. Nobody. So I was like, well, that poor lifeguard's just sitting there. That poor girl's just sitting there with nothing to do. Maybe I'll go drown. <laughs> she'll, have, <laughs> she'll have something to do. So I get in the pool, and they have it like partitioned off. They have it laned off, at least part of it, so you can swim laps or whatever. And I was like, well, it's swimming. You know what I mean? Like, And, dude, I forgot how hard swimming a lap in a pool is. Oh, yeah. I mean, most times you go into a pool as an adult, you're like just going in there and just kind of floating around, hanging out in the water, like you're drinking. And, like, and no, if you're going to go out there and swim, it's a very tough thing. To oh, do. dude, that's exactly what I said to her. I was like, my brother's got a pool. I was like, I day drink in the pool all the time. Yeah. I was like, ah, I could do this, whatever. And, like, swimming back and forth. I mean, I was out of breath swimming those laps. It's, 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 it's no impact, so it's, like, good in that sense, but it's literally your entire body that you're 
you're like keeping engaged to, to stay afloat. So like, no, man, swimming's a really tough sport. They say it's the best exercise you can do full body. I um this I actually I was I was talking to some members of the uh, Canton Charge C Squad last night. We're talking about the greatest athletes of all time. Was and, I on the list? Oh, well, no, Did I make but, it? no, but but I threw Michael Phelps into the mix because I mean the most accomplished Olympic athlete of all time and swimming a very tough sport. And these guys are like, no, dude, that's stupid. I'm uh, like, are you are you kidding me? As like, a guy, so hard. As a guy who hates him. It, it, dude, he separated himself from the pack like Tiger. Like, right, I mean, dude, right. you're so far ahead of everybody else. To not to not throw him into that conversation, yeah. the very least, was crazy. But, dude, swimming's really tough. Like, like I said, like we are, we're all used to like just floating around in the shallow end, dude. Just doing that thing where they kind of floating in the upper body. But if you're uh, if you're out there pushing laps, yeah, man, I'm sure. Oh that was tough. no, dude. I mean, like sitting here right now, my stomach is killing me. So so yesterday, you go to the pool, you go by yourself. Yeah. And just recently, Stansberry and I found ourselves in. In a swimming situation when we jumped into the lake for Project Rebuild. Yeah. Um, you went shirt on there. You didn't go shirt on yesterday, no. right? All right, you went shirt on no. into the pool. Here's the thing, man. I have uh, I have noticed this with me with, with you know, re-upping my gym membership at yeah. the Y. Dude, like, I don't have a problem in the locker room the way I thought I would. Oh. Like, I don't have a problem, like, are shirt you, off walking around in there. Are you turning into, like, a naked dude in there? Are you going to be no. one of those guys? I mean, here's the thing. Let me hear it. Dude, they, the dong out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I've been to the gym probably, let me see if I can count, seven, 11 times recently, right? I've seen nine dongs. Jeez. I mean, dude, a dong a day average almost. Dude, dude, the dong to weight ratio (laughs) is, I mean, it's high. It's high. Now, I understand that, like, you're going to get changed to go work out. I mean, a lot of people aren't necessarily going to walk into the gym with their clothes on. No. And I understand, like, hey, I'm at the locker. I'm changing for a second. I'm going to be naked. That's fine. I 100% get and understand that. No, dude's like stroll naked. Right. Just walking around in the nude. Just buff his, you know, just naked. So last. Last week, a guy was coming out of the shower. Well, first of all, all right, it's hard to explain because if you've never been in there, you don't know. But like the showers are individual. It's not like one big shower room like it used to be back in the day. But there's a curtain that you pull. You know what I mean? Because they're up against the wall, and so like essentially, you'd be staring at some dude's ass walking down. You know, and you got to walk right past the showers to get to the pool or whatever. Which, by the way, the sauna is so good too. God, I love that thing. Um, But this guy like didn't pull like the curtain shut. And so he's just sitting there showering and he's just like rubbing his body down and he's like older. So like, it's just ass cheeks twerking without oh him trying. And it was just like, well, I was walking past it and I caught a glimpse of it and I was just like, oh, oh I can't, I don't know. I don't know how to handle this is that. Terrible. This all sounds awful. You stop, gotta stop going to this dude. Who cares about your health? Who cares about losing weight? dude? What are you talking about? I just, yesterday I was like, when I first walked into the pool, I was like, oh man, I wish they didn't have to have a lifeguard. I don't want, you know what I mean? This person really knows how to swim. Here's the other thing. Dude, I forgot how to swim. Like, I obviously can get from one end to the other, but the form is terrible. And here's this woman, woman, 15 year old, who has to like pass state boards and swimming, looking at me going, dude, are you going to die in there? I would say just like anything else, you assume you're the worst at something. I do. And like, you're probably, I mean, like that woman's probably seen, you know, 
dudes in far worse shape than you try to go out there and do what you did. So like I wouldn't I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You're probably average. There was part of me when I when I first started, I was like, man, I wish she wasn't here. Then three laps in, I was like, thank, thank God, God she's here. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like a cement potato laying at the bottom of this water. But like I in here's the thing, dude. I I kind of bitched out. Like I didn't do it long enough. I, I I got out and I was like, man, this really hurts. And she said to me, she goes, when you wake up tomorrow, she goes, this will feel harder than any workout you've done in the last week. And sure enough, she was right. Like my stomach, my abs, my arms are just killing me. But dude, it's you're right. It's a confidence boost. Like I I know I don't look that much better yet, but I feel so so much better. We'll talk to Albert Wooden from Save Twenty Two. We'll do that at nine o'clock. We'll get you hooked up with Slayer tickets at seven thirty. And more Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansbury Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We'll send you to see Slayer at 730. Also, dude, baseball's thinking about making a pretty serious rule change to their game. 730, we'll get into that as well. I'm interested uh, on that. I At first, I was like, I don't know if you can do that. But the more I think about it, I'm like, eh, man. I think you see so many of these, uh, you know, organizations thinking about rule changes, and it's necessary. I mean, it's just an evolving time, and like, if you get stuck in the past and stuck in your ways, you know, you're not gonna, you're not adapt gonna be, or die. You're not gonna be the brand of the future. Adapt or die. I, uh, I would agree. You're gonna have to do something to keep people's attention. It's getting harder and harder every day to keep people's attention. Welcome to the Stansberry Show. Indeed. How are we gonna do this? I don't know. I saw a meme yesterday. Um, that I never would have thought of, but our our embalming friend Mallory okay. posted this, and I had never really thought about it this way, but she was so right about it, and it said that women won't date a man who lives at home, but they'll date a man who lives at home with his wife. And I thought about that, and I was like, man, that is our culture. Like, if you live at home with your parents, loser. Can't bang you, loser. But if, ah, dude, you're still married a little bit? Yeah, let's have sex in the in my car behind where we work. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I do not support the concept of cheating. I do not. I think it's a terrible thing to do. It's a terrible thing to do to your partner. It's a terrible thing to do to everybody in your life. It really is. Um, but I can understand why somebody could still be attracted to a person who is taking care of their business, but just not doing it in a moral way versus somebody who's incapable of handling life. But see, but that's interesting because you make the assumption, but with your statement that because you live at home, that you can't take care of your life where I think it would be unfair to say that that's true of everybody who's still living at home. Of course. I mean, if your mom's dying of brain cancer and you're there (laughs) taking care of her, right. We're in a different conversation. Well, Isn't there also staying there to save up money? As the stereotype of, well, how, I mean, how long is it taking you in life to save up money? Well, that's you know a fair I mean? point. If, if I'm, I'm 35 years old and I'm still at home just because I'm saving up that money, it's like, well, bro, you've, you, you should have been gone 15, 20 years ago. And like, where's that I mean, money? It doesn't take that long. I mean, it shouldn't. I mean, I, I was able to save up quite a bit of money while still living on my own, paying my rent and doing all that stuff. Right. A so, couple of years gainfully employed. If you, if you just, you know, you know, help yourself. And restrict yourself. You should have some money. I completely understand. Like I said, that you know, it's it's not a moral decision there, but you're still an adult. There's still a level of respect there where you can take care of yourself. I just think I think the overall point of the meme does hold 
Because really what it is, it's about the person making the judgment where you say to yourself, well, I can't let somebody who still lives with their parents have sex with me, but yet you'll still, you'll let somebody who's still married to another person have sex with you. Let's say it's a 30 year old woman and she still lives with her parents, has never lived on her own versus a woman who's cheating on her husband. Which one are you more likely to be? Well, that's why I brought it up. I, I, cause I can't lie. Like it would be on, I don't know which one I'm more, I, I really don't know. But if I met a woman, let's say, let's make her 35, right? And I meet a woman, she's 35 and she's not there taking care of her parents. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like they got dementia or whatever. And she's just like living there. I am going, I don't know why I should make no judgments on another person at all. But for some reason, I am going to judge the crap out of that. Yeah. Well, I have my own bathroom and it's fine. It's like, it's my own apartment. It's like, no, it's not. It's not even comparable to that. And like, it's not like a situation where, listen, if you got, if you just got divorced and you lost your job and your house got repossessed and you're like, I have no other option, but to go home for a little while to go get my ducks in a row okay i've i've ran into that position in life in my 20s a couple of times where Wait it out was a like, few weeks bro right 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 right. where it's yeah. like hey lose your job lose kind of your grounding it's life but, but within six months it, there's 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 a a desire in yourself of like i have to be able to prove myself that i can go out there and do this on my own like, i just felt like it was really weird and a little telling because i would totally judge as a matter of fact i had dated a woman once while this show has been on the air and I won't give you her name because I'm not really trying to be rude about it. Um, and she was great. Actually, if I'm being honest, there are there are times where I miss her a great deal. But she did not live with her parents, but she lived on their property. Meaning you pulled into her their driveway, their parents' house was right there, mm-hmm. and then you take the long driveway, you go all the way back to the end, and then they had built her a a house essentially do she right. have like her own house and so it wasn't like they, she was in there and even still like driving past her parents house to pull up to her place there were times where i was like this is weird yeah it'd probably be better if you didn't know that was the parents house if it was just like hey we have a shared driveway then it'd be like all right yeah but uh, at least she's but it, i mean she's not paying for it you know what i'm saying there's a little bit of me that's like that's a part of the of the uh, uh, well you know. i mean she they just wanted her close she's financially responsible okay. for what's happening okay. but she they just wanted her to be close and they are a very close knit family and actually a pretty good family. So like I don't want to knock it. I really don't. But like they're if I'm being honest, like the first couple of times I went over there, I was like, dude, doesn't your dad now yeah. know at the kitchen table as he's drinking his coffee and my car's whipping past him through the window? Like that guy's on his way to go bang my daughter. Right, like, right, right. Like how close are we? There was right. just part of it where I was like, I'm having a hard time focusing on this right now. Like, so when I saw that meme yesterday, I was like, that is interesting because I think that's the way a lot of us look. And and I'm willing to bet that, that you're going to see that less and less now because I think more and more millennial people are staying at home. I think the, like the average age now they say is like 36 before people are leaving home, which that seems late to me. And I would agree with Fantone that, dude, you know, dude, if you restrict yourself and save a little bit of money, you should get back up in the, there pretty quick. But I saw that yesterday, man. I was like, man. There is some real serious logic in that because that's the way a lot of women view it, where you're a loser if you live at home, but if you're willing to cheat on your wife, ah, who cares? I don't care about that. The morals of, of that, I mean, honestly, they are sliding. There is no doubt about that. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We'll send you to see Slayer 730. Women have uh, 
passed out their opinion on men's underwear. All right. Okay. They say, take a look at your underwear that you're wearing right now. And if they are at all faded and or saggy, you got to get rid of them. Time to replace them. They say women will look at you and how you take care of your possessions indicates how you take care of everything in your life. Yeah. Now, I, I it, not that that logic is wrong, but I don't really view my underwear as a possession of mine. Yeah, but it is. I, I mean, mean, I own it, obviously, yeah. but like, I don't view it that way. I mean, it's you know, like any other piece of your clothing. If you're walking around like looking like you didn't put much effort into it, now obviously, like not everyone is seeing your underwear, so it's 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 a deeper look into you there. Um, but I, I buy into that. If you're walking around and your shoes are a mess, and it's like, well, like your life's probably a mess. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a little bit of truth in that. I um, I probably switch. I probably change my underwear out more often than most people. Oh. Yeah, you do. I uh, like anytime I travel, I buy new underwear. Like I don't pack old stuff and take it on the road with me. I just don't do it. And then like so, then I'll use that as an opportunity to like swamp it out. If anything is a little bit, dude, like underwear is important. Like I'm wearing it for a reason. If I was all right with everything knocking around, then then I would be okay with loose fitting underwear. But like now, dude, once it loses that that tight fit, you got to let it go. Um, I wear boxers primarily, so like I, I, I'm always kind of accustomed to the loose feeling. Um, and I'm, dude, I'm like the exact opposite of you on this. Where like, dude, I swear to God, I have underwear from like when I was in high school. Like, swear to God, dude, like underwear from like 15 years ago. That's crazy, I know, dude. dude. I, know, and I know it is, and like my girlfriend gives me hell about it. Dude, that's all. All of the time. I mean, it's kind of gross. All of the time. And she's like, she's like, Matt, you can literally see through these. She's like, they're clear. They're like, it's, it, it's. All right. What's going on with you in this? Because this is, it's not just your underwear. You're like this with t-shirts too. I, and honestly, I don't know why, but like I've always, and I can remember being a kid and feeling this way. I always felt really guilty about like spending money on clothing. Like I never wanted like premier stuff because I always felt like that was like, I don't, I don't, I don't need those shoes. I don't need $200 shoes. I don't need that. I felt like guilt associated with it. So I don't want to say this is a little bit of like me hoarding, but there's a little bit of me that's like, I I, I don't know. And it's like, there's a part of me too. That's like, well, dude, if you have two, like literally like two dresser drawers filled with underwear, I have, I have like a hundred pairs, dude, a ton of them. And, and, And the reason a part of it is too, is like, well, then you don't have to do laundry. I'm like, you can just keep not having to do laundry. Okay. Now that, that I get now that part I do get, but 15 years for a pair of underwear. Yeah, dude, I swear to you, man. Like, I'm not even like, I'm like, Oh dude, I'll pump this one up for the radio story. And just to let everyone know the underwear I'm wearing right now are terrible. Like not like not like old, but like my girlfriend bought me these and they're so uncomfortable, but I haven't done laundry in like two weeks. So I'm like, well, I I guess I got to wear these crappy underwear. 15 years on a pair of underwear? I'm telling you, dude, like underwear from when I was in high school. Yes. Can't keep a job more than five. (laughs) It's got underwear for more than 15. 62% of women think boxer briefs are the best pick for a guy to wear for his underwear. They say we don't want any surprises. Boxer briefs in a neutral color, like gray, navy, black, or white is the best. I stay away from white underwear. Yeah, it's not a terrible idea there. Stay, stay away from white underwear. Now, I mean, we at the end of the day, we all have a responsibility to our b-holes to make sure they're clean and wiped. But, like, yeah, white underwear doesn't seem like the best of ideas. No, nah, I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. I mean, it's just it's not a great system. I, um, you know, I keep the baby wipes in the bathroom and all that. But still, it's like, you know, you just you, you just never know. 
And dude, white underwear, I feel like it's not good. It's a dangerous system, dude. You're rolling the dice every time you do it. So no, I, I can't I can't disagree with that at all. And if nothing else, that if is, is my biggest like celebration of moving away from the tidy whiteies of years past, of decades past, where it's like at least now, you know, you've got black underwear to kind of at least hide some of that. They say no woman in the study, not a single one picked tidy whities that they all said that's you guys you need to just be done with that i wonder what age these women were because i bet you there's women who have never seen their husband wear anything other than that you, you know what i mean you say that all the time to me and i think you're that's crazy uh, dude i i'm telling you right now if you've been with your husband for 30 years you know you guys are 60 60 plus years old dude he's been walking around in tidy whities his entire life he's never going to change that you think all of a sudden just because it's 2018 you guys are going to start shaving your pubic hair and not wearing tidy whities of course of course not, dude. That's who you are. My dad was a tidy whitey dude. Of course he was. Of course Constantly. he was. Like, yeah, I mean, and he, but it, did he die before like the revolution came <laughs> in underwear? You know what I mean? Before, before those little Hanes soldiers started marching out, started telling everybody what they needed to do there. You know, he was taken, dude, he was taken before his time. He didn't know about the box of reefs. Like, we weren't I, ready. I just know, I mean, your dad at this point wouldn't have been like, had he, you know, had he still been around at this point, it's not like he would have been like, oh man, I really got it. I got to shift gears here. I got to get into the world of boxers. Hell no, he wouldn't have. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Sue, go to the store. Sue, go to the store. Six-pack BVDs. That's what I need. That's probably, that probably would have been his system there, dude. Like, honestly, like I can't even remember the, the, the last time I wore a pair of underwear like that. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it was a kid. It was prepubescent, I feel like. I would have to have been in like a sketch or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, they just feel like... Like pedophile panties is what is what tidy whiteies feel like. I don't know if it's all if it's all sex crimes against children, but it's Jeez. definitely sex crimes against somebody. Is dude. that right? I believe so. Is that? Oh my god, dudes just ripping their underwear off, throwing them out on seventy seven right now. Jeez, you're not allowed to keep your cash in a wallet anymore. Not allowed to wear the kind of kind of underwear you want anymore. This show's ruining your life. The hell are you guys listening for? We're just ruining your whole damn life. More Sansbury show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Sansbury show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. We'll send you to see Slayer, 7.30. They're playing June 7th. Blossom, bringing Anthrax, Lamb of God, Behemoth, Testament, all part of that show as well. Yeah, it's huge. It is, dude. It is. That's a pretty big one there, yeah. So we'll pass those out around 7.30. Also, baseball thinking about making some pretty serious moves to their game. So we'll do that right before passing out those Slayer tickets. Um, we do have a little bit of an update. On the uh, on the tragedy that happened at Jackson Middle School the other day, um, we have some audio, including inside this audio, will be the nine one one call. But there's also an update on uh, on some of the other details. So we figured we would run that down for you. Well, Mark, and as you mentioned off the top, we do not know that that young man has indeed passed away. School was back in session at all Maslin schools today, but certainly it was anything but normal in those school buildings. The officials wanted to get things back to their normal routine just as fast as possible. For that reason, we stayed away uh, so as not to interfere in that healing process and getting things back to normal. However, on the police front, there are several updates. This is Chris Adolph, assistant principal at Jackson Middle School. I have a student who shot himself in the restroom. He has a strong pulse, but I need an ambulance. He was shot? He shot, shot himself. himself, yes. That is how it began. 
Emergency crews rushed to the school. Students were put in a lockdown. Word spread quickly, and parents rushed to the school, waiting agonizing hours to see their child and take them home. In the aftermath of the shooting, Sheriff George Meyer said, we have a zero tolerance for this kind of behavior. Today, he made good on that pledge. A 16-year-old female student at McKinley High School who made threats against Glen Oak High School as well as her own school was arrested. The threat is unrelated to the two previous arrests for making threats. No one was home at the wounded boy's home, but while we were there, a woman arrived with flowers and a stuffed animal. Since the investigation has made no conclusion, and lacking any proof so far that the boy intended to harm anyone but himself, her feelings were with his mother. I just want them to know that like, my prayers are with them and their son, because that's not fair that he's just a kid. Now, we were at the home uh, before the news, of course, of the uh, young man's death uh, came out. We just learned of that just a, a little while ago. We were there this morning. Uh, the girl who was arrested today is going to face some fairly serious charges, uh, inducing panic, making terrorist threats, both felonies in adult court if the case goes there, as well as tele telecommunications harassment. And at 4.30, we'll be streaming remarks and an update from the police chief here in Jackson Township. Getting answers in Jackson Township, Paul Orlowski reporting live. It's from Cleveland 19 there. Uh, you hear a little bit of the 911 call, and they're uh, you know giving little details. I'm reading now again from the CantonRep.com that apparently he had smuggled the 22 caliber rifle underneath some clothing, and then yes, had the uh, distraction devices that were in a backpack. Um, it had at some time believed to be a bomb, but they have kind of like worked through that since and have said no on that. For the last I heard, bottle rockets is what I is what I've heard. Okay, I, I don't I don't know if that's one hundred percent verified, but that's what I heard. And I guess I could see how that at one point could be considered like, hey, this may be an explosive device versus a distraction device that we kind of got a little bit in the gray oh, area. Oh yeah, with I could see how that you could get I mean? confused very easily. Yeah. Sure, yeah, absolutely. You're you're a cop, a first responder going through that school and you find bottle rockets. I see I see that, you know. And I mean technically I, I mean I would imagine a bottle rocket is technically an explosion device, right? right. I mean, I guess on, on some level, on some line of that spectrum I would imagine it would be and of course, if you were looking to distract people, it wouldn't be the worst thing to use. You light it, set it on the floor, it's going to take off. The explosion goes down over there, everybody thinks the issue's over there, now you head the right. other way. Right. I mean, it would definitely help you do what you were thinking about doing. Um I I I definitely one of the things that hit me most in that audio that we just listened to was that um that assistant principal and I can't remember what her name was um and I guess in that moment you don't necessarily know was this somebody trying to shoot the school up was this somebody trying to kill themselves what the situation was but the fact that she was so calm she took that pulse she was able to call 911 like that hats off to that woman man I cannot I cannot express enough enough how much I I respect what she did there and yeah. was able to be a professional and able to you know handle what she had to do there yeah i wonder what i would sound like on a 911 call like if if somebody you know if that was to happen here now we're talking adults and i'm an adult like you, you know what i mean you start factoring in these are kids that you look after and care for it's gonna weigh i mean i remember and i i'm not trying to make jokes but i remember back in the day dave chappelle had that bit where it was like they run these 911 calls and everybody freaks out and makes fun of the 911 caller he's like what do you think you're going to sound right. like in a moment, moment right. of panic? He's like, if you called and you sounded all calm and relaxed, that would sound weird. Bro, I'm telling you right now, if I walked in and found a dead body via suicide, I'm not handling it as well as that woman did. I, I, I feel like I respond pretty well to crisis, but like something like that, I can tell you right now, I'm not calmly saying, well, he's got a pulse and, you know, I, I just know I'm not. Yeah, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm going all the way there. I, I, I think I'm just saying, look, this is happening. And I, I'm, I know I'm probably a little bit more angry 
amped up, heart rate going to be a little higher. I'm going to sound a little bit more frantic than she did. You're right. She did handle yeah, that pretty she well. Did. She handled that pretty well. Now, we saw some, I don't want to call it copycat type stuff happen, but like multiple schools in the area. I guess Alliance now had one of these where five kids now have been like arrested because they were making threats. They were using apps and they were saying, hey, look, we were just kind of joking around. It's like, dude, there is no joking around about this. this is like yelling hijack in an airport. Right. You just can't screw around. Um, if, if, and this is just me trying to remember these all off my head, but yes, there was the five students in Alliance. Yeah. There was, as mentioned in that audio, there was a student from McKinley who made threats against Glen Oak and McKinley. There was something that happened in Lake in schools. And, uh, and, and I know out in Marlboro, there was something that happened. So like I, at this point, I'm getting a little confused of like, wait, now who was this one? And which one was this one? It's and hard to keep them straight. It is like it, when I, this much stuff is going on, it's hard to keep them straight. And I, I touched on this a little bit yesterday. And I think I'm right. Like there's something about the, the way we cover this stuff and the attention that we give these kids who do this to where I don't think you can deny the fact that it spurs like copycat incidents. Um, uh, yesterday, you know, obviously with, um, with the, I don't know if I want to call him the student or the perpetrator or what, um, but the third work, but the 13 year old, uh, passed away yesterday. They did release his name. Do you, I mean, where do I, I, I don't know exactly where you stand on this. Maybe this is something we should have talked about before we went on the radio, but, uh, you know, that's, that's a, that's an ethical thing there. And, and. I don't know. I, I it, wow, that's a that's a tough call. I understand your dilemma. We've talked about this plenty of times. Whenever something crappy happens, especially local, it's like we're not trying to exploit things. We're not trying to say, "Hey, go visit our website so that we can get our web." Oh uh, no, I hate it. But 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 I mean, getting the information out there, there's value to that. And like, just because it's something that we benefit from in the sense of like, yes, we get we get ratings, we get bonuses, we get we get web web stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that we should not do it. Information breeds confidence. Silence breeds fear. There's no doubt about that. However, us giving you his name today doesn't help you any. No, it doesn't. It, it certainly doesn't. It, it's not information that's that's necessary to you yeah. in any way. It doesn't help you stay any more safe. It doesn't help protect your kids anymore. There's a little bit. And dude, like in that audio, we hear Cleveland. I do, you know, we stayed away. And it's like, look, I mean, I get what you're doing. But I, I mean, mean, isn't that what, what else you want them to do? Like, I, I, thought that, I thought that was all right. I felt like the standing up in front of the schools the day after was like really tasteless. I, I just think there's there's something about we just want to drive home the visual of this so nobody will shut it off. But they didn't. That's uh, No, I know. I'm just saying I just think but th- look, they're telling you that. They're making that disclaimer because they want you to pat them on the back for being one of the good ones. That is why he said it. I don't know if he was instructed to say it. Maybe he was. So maybe why do we say it? What do you mean? You and I were just talking about how it's like, well, sometimes we don't want to exploit situations like that. I mean, I, I just feel like... Well, I haven't given out his name. They're, they're, neither did they. So, like, I just feel like they're doing what's right. And I think, you know... I just... There was a little bit in that comment where he was like, look, we're the best news station out there. There's no doubt that's what he was saying. How did you feel about the woman who was at the house of the shooter and was there to see their family? Did, did that ring wrong to you? I, I mean... Wh- 
she's going to be newsworthy just because, dude, that's what people want. People want, like, the, the, you know, the eyewitness account, people that knew them. Maybe she babysat him once. What was he thinking? Like, well, that's who we are. And I can't blame a news director for that. It's us. Like, I, I said this the other day. We can blame the news all we want for the coverage. If you stopped watching the, the kind of coverage they gave you, they'd stop running it. We are, at the end of the day, we're the consumers. And so if we stop consuming what they're giving us, they'll start changing what they're giving us. But so like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, it's like I said, when people ask me after this happened, are you going to have somebody on the air? And I was like, I'm not hunting people down who were attached to this and, and, you know, parading them out there for my ratings benefit. If somebody wants to and they're like, hey, there's misinformation, we wouldn't want this cleared up and they're close to it, I would, of course, talk to you. But I don't want to be like a lawyer with a card right. in my pocket chasing down ambulances. Not. It just feels scummy. And there are people that do this and are, are in this industry that don't care about that. But I've slept fine every night this week, and I think it's because I'm, because I'm okay with who I am as a person. And I don't necessarily want to sacrifice who I am as a person for a for a local story like that and and to do that. I want to give you the information that's pertinent to you, but like his his identity helps you not at all today. Not at all. And it's online. You can get it at cantonrep.com. I didn't I didn't make a decision not to give it to you, but now as Fantone's asking me about it, yeah, it's a little weird. I mean, we are talking about here's the other thing. Because what's going to happen is this last name then is going to be drugged through the goddamn mud. Yeah. And this family's dealing. Here's what you got to realize: this family's dealing with the death of their child. Yeah, I um, I I know somebody who's related to to the the perpetrator, and I mean, it just the life's going to be upside. It down. just seems like I mean, and she has she just over you know the past couple of of hours over the past two days or whatever has just been like leave me and my family alone. Oh, like, it please. would be the worst. It would be the worst. I remember like again. This was a completely different thing, but my brother had a, a daughter that died, four months old, right? It was, a, it was a health issue. It could not have been helped. There was no, I mean, nothing happened. It was just, she was born with a, a heart failure disease that like 11 people in the world have ever had. Nobody's made it at past age 10. But when she lost her life and that started to hit, like, and, and the, thing, the amount of people that just showed up at my house knocking on the door or called all day, and it, it just like at some point you're just like, I get it. But leave me alone to deal with this. And so, yeah, I, I'm feeling for them today. I really am. Because at the end of the day, like, we can think whatever we think about disturbed students or thugs or whatever you want to call or whatever words you have to hear on the news so you think everything's okay. But what that, what's happening for that family is they lost their child. And that's going to resonate with them differently than it is with you and I. And yeah, dude, so I would be more likely to be the kind of person that's going to leave them alone. We have Slayer tickets and baseball thinking about upending their entire game. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Tomorrow afternoon from 2 to 4, you can find Fantone at the new Raising Canes. He'll be out there, like I said, from 2 to 4 in the afternoon. Passing off Kid Rock tickets for you. Uh, this will be his first time ever at a Raising Canes. I'm so excited, dude. I got people asking me about it like, man, do you have the hookup? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm walking in there blind. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to happen. Dude, get the craniac meal. Okay. Six chicken fingers, some fries, two things of sauce, a little coleslaw. Oh, I like how it's called a craniac meal too, baby. Love it. Caniac, sorry. Caniac. Yeah, it's, uh, it's delicious. Dude, there's something in the sauce that is... Dude, it just makes you crave it in a way that you shouldn't. Like, it's like there's something. I don't Jeez. know what it is, but it's like 
it, it's border, dude. It's bordering narcotic good. Like it's like, dude, what is in this? I, uh, I'm, dude, I'm very anxious, and this isn't like one of those things where like, oh, hey, it's the radio, we gotta play it up. Like, no, man, I'm really excited tomorrow, two to four. There's something about that sauce. It's really good. Fantone there tomorrow. Two to four, new Raisin Canes, Pass Out Kid Rock tickets. Uh, we're actually going to give you some Slayer tickets here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. Before we do that, though, uh, I want to discuss this, this I guess, rumored change coming to Major League Baseball. Rich Eisen had kind of like, um, had exposed this on his show, talking about how he had an unnamed like MLB executive who's telling him about this. Now, he even said, Rich said, now look, baseball's really slow to change. They like to come up with ideas, and then they roll it out really slowly. And they are. Baseball's very rigid, um, slow to change. NFL's the best at this. If something's not working, they'll change it midseason. Like, the NFL's the best at this. NBA getting better about it. Um, but Major League Baseball's probably the worst of all three sports over it. It's very rigid. Um, they don't... I, I, it's just very old school. But according to what Rich Eisen is hearing, if you were trailing... In the ninth inning of a baseball game, if you're trailing, you could send up to bat whoever you want for the first three batters. For the first three? It said that's what it says here. They say just toss the lineup card out the window. Doesn't matter. If it's your number eight hitter's turn, put up your cleanup hitter and see what happens, he says. And so this is, I guess, he explained it a little further. He says what will happen is yeah, you'll ch- you'll choose whoever you want for the first three batters, and then I guess you go back to what your lineup was. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the part I don't understand is the rotation after that. So let's say, all right, supposed to bat are six, seven, eight in your lineup. And, but you want three, four, and five or whoever. Right, let's, let's, say, let's say I don't go in consecutive order. Let's say I want four. Let's say I want one. Let's say I want six. Four, one, six. Okay. So do I go back into seven after six bats, or where do I go? Do I go, you know what I'm saying? Where like, do you drop off in the lineup? Yeah, that's that's a big part of the confusion because if you move those dudes around, you're inevitably going to move somebody around you have to. from where they are. You can't not. So what are you supposed to do there? That is a good question. I wonder how they would do that. But I don't necessarily hate the idea. He, he quoted a, a baseball executive that said this. No other sport has the best players sitting on the bench in the final minutes of the game. He said, imagine LeBron, Brady, or Ronaldo watching from the sidelines. And they're right. Good point. That's a great point. point, But like, because if you're down in a baseball game and you bat last, and you know you have like, if you're a fan of your team and that part of the order is coming up, you know whether or not you have any chance to come back or not. I mean, but isn't that kind of like that's that's the conditions of baseball? I feel like that's almost an essential part of the game. Is that is that you as the opposing pitcher recognize? Hey, here's what's coming up in the lineup. Here's how I'm going to try to pitch my inning around that. I, I yeah, I think that has been the standard. I think what baseball's got to realize is is that they do a terrible job. This sport does a like a terrible job creating storylines out of their players. Most Major League Baseball players, stars, could walk through public today and nobody's going to have any idea. Dude, Bryce Harper could walk through most places today and baseball fans would know. My mom would have no idea. Dude, Bryce Harper's from Las Vegas. My mom would have no idea Bryce Harper was standing next to her. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, 
as far as like a national perspective goes, yes, Bryce Harper could walk through Belton Village, Village Mall relatively unknown. Yeah, Francisco Lindor, because that's your home team. But like, if we're Send talking. Send Lindor to Oakland. Right, right. Okay. And dude, nobody's going to. Dude, that guy could walk up and down the street and nobody's going to bat an eye. It just, dude, it's that sport where it's like, it's not about that. They do a bad job of creating storyline. Which is kind of funny just because, like,. I mean, the guys don't wear masks. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't wear pads. You can see them. You should be able to recognize them. Yeah, because that's always been the argument with football is that so many of the guys are underneath the helmet that it's hard to make stars out of them. Although, the feats are so fun to watch. Although, dude, a great catch at the wall is every bit as entertaining as a great catch over the middle on a football field. It just doesn't happen as often. I mean, dude, no no denying it. Baseball is a great sport, even though it's the least of my favorites of the big three sports. I mean, dude, it's a a ton of fun to watch, especially when your team's good. I mean, I've watched more baseball in the past three years than I have in the past 15. So, like, there's definitely something to it, but it does need to address the fact that, like, it's, it's a snooze of, fest. It's boring. Like it, it, it is. is. You, they need more action. And I've heard other. I've heard like um, sports host guys float this idea, and they obviously have a better understanding of the game than I do. It, the, there's something about the shift change of the infield guys, and they feel like if you got rid of that or went back to the old way, more balls get through the infield, and then okay. less outs, and now you got more scoring. And I agree. I think you got to give America scoring. You got to score. Well, I, I think that's what hockey. I think that's why a lot of Americans can't wrap their arms around hockey. I, I guess this would give you the opportunity to score, especially in the final moments of the game, the most important moments of the game. Does this apply to both teams? Like, let's say, all right, let's say I'm the home team. I'm up, or no, I'm the away team, and I'm up one nothing. Okay. Or no, wait, how am I? I, I I want this to be so that both both teams have to bat in the ninth because, like, if I if I'm down and I. I you know, get the, the if you're up in the in in the final team, <laughs> we're in the bottom of the ninth inning, and, and if you're up and your pitcher's on the mound, if the game does not end up either being tied, then the game's over. You win. So what you're saying is, let's say the game is right now, it's four to three. Okay. All right. The team comes up at the bottom of the ninth. They're not allowed to pick anybody they want to hit. All right. And they tie the game at four four. You're then well then no matter what in a tie you would yeah you go right back but you're asking whether or not that team then would be allowed to put whoever they want up to bat. does it apply at the top of the ninth and the bottom of the ninth there I would have to imagine it would have to yeah I think it would have to it may have any it would might even have to extend into the tenth what, the what tenth. happens in overtime I mean what happens in extra innings into there? the tenth because you can tie get the third out now you're gonna tie a game now the other team's got to come up to bat yeah what's good for the goose right you're gonna have to do it that way. I can't tell if I, if I if I support this or not. Like I, I I like the idea of like yeah, dude, get your guys out there and give it a shot to win. But the like, argument of LeBron James is going to be on the sidelines with forty seconds to go in the fourth quarter is like the best argument. Yeah, but sometimes Tom Brady can't be out there because the defense is out there. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes the ball's not in your hands. True. But aren't you always sitting on, at home on the couch watching the TV, wishing he was? Like, aren't you always sitting there going, "God damn it, give Brady the ball." Because something's great gonna is gonna happen. I just think, dude, the, the game went from being the most popular sport in in America for decades, and now most people could care less about it. They couldn't. They could not care any any less about it. They got to do something. They do. They got an attention span problem. I don't think it's the length of games. Football games are long. Basketball games are long. Things are long. It's the lack of action. 
It's just kind of like, dude, a lot of, and I get like baseball purists, you guys want a pitcher's duel. The guy drinking beer in the standing only section at Progressive Field doesn't. And his eight year old kid doesn't. They want home runs. Especially when you look at it from the perspective of like, Indians have been hot recently, therefore we kind of feel that baseball vibe. If we were a 500 team, never with a shot at the World right. Series, we would have a very different perspective on what kind of baseball game if we want. If they wanted. weren't good right. and you weren't hearing about Chief Wahoo, right. Ohio would be back to being like, baseball, who cares about that? Right. That's exactly what would be happening. We have Slayer tickets. We'll send caller number 20 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. And video games are back into the crosshairs. I'll explain next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. Again, another reminder tomorrow afternoon from 2 to 4, Phantom will be out at the new Raisin Canes. He'll be getting you hooked up with uh, some Kid Rock tickets. I uh I can't wait for that Texas toast. You've made me excited about dude, that. The tex- dude, the piece of bread that comes in that box. Bro, it's like cake. It's it re- like that's how good it is. Yeah, and dip a little bit in the sauce, right? I'm sure you got to do a little bit of that. That's a pro move, right? Okay. The chicken. <laughs> all right. Here's all right, what Stan you do. Ray's going to tell you. Here's what you do. All right. You open the box. Yeah. All right. Now everybody thinks, oh, well, it's the dipping sauce. I must put my chicken fingers in there. Rookie move. Rookie move. You can put ketchup on your fries anywhere. You save that sauce, Rook, and you like dip, get the fries in there. And then, yeah, if you leave just enough, you start peeling pieces of the bread apart, and you just you finish it off with that. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I think I'm going to have to ask him for, like, yo, can I get, like, a half a gallon of that stuff? Like, what do you guys serve that in? Like, you I got know a bucket? What? Dude, they were too busy because I was there on opening day. Right. Dude, if they'll sell you a gallon of it. And make it happen? I'd be into it. <laughs> I would I would, uh, I would, would maybe pick that up. Me and Sansbury before the show just sitting there, spoons full of cane sauce, sucking it down. Those guys on edibles? Nah, cane sauce, dude. Cane sauce. That's what happened. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Albert Wooden, the executive director of Save 22, if you're unaware. It is is an organization looking to bring awareness, and I would imagine the end of the fact that veterans in this country commit suicide 22 a day. That seems like a lot. It's crazy. It, I mean, it seems it like is. a lot for people, let alone a, you know, a, a certain section of people. Albert is... Uh, it works very closely with them, like I said, and uh, I would imagine he's got some good ideas on how the rest of us could get involved and help bring that number down. Yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to get his like pick his brain on on, on, on mental health. I can't wait to pick his brain on like the effects of what this happens to military families when somebody takes their own life and all these different things that you know. I'm sure he's going to have great insight on. Man, I can't wait to get him in the studio. Thank you for making that happen, dude. And I'm uh, happy to have done that feel like that's an important thing and i think sometimes people just you know forget all about it you know dave uh, you know dave chappelle famously once said you know people you know want to talk about how well they're raising their kids and yet you teach them to walk over homeless people get a job bum you know what i mean and he was right we do we kind of teach our kids to do that and when you think about how many of those people that you're walking over like that that have served this country i i think the number would blow you away and so i'm actually very interested to talk to albert see if we can find a way to find an end on that um, there's no denying that the biggest stories uh, around uh, the country right now are the school shootings. There's mm-hmm. no denying it. They had a, they had like a town hall thing last night with Marco Rubio hearing students out. As a matter of fact, there's a very interesting story right now uh, of a kid who says he was asked to be part of it. Um, he's an ROTC member. 
he had shielded students and said that he wanted to talk about veterans being you know hired and put in the school and this and that and CNN then scrapped his story scrapped his questions and gave him scripted questions to ask and he said no nah, I'm not doing that so he decided not to go that if that ends up being true, is going to be a very interesting story, and it's just going to drive home the fake news thing. And I've been trying to tell you guys for three months, as a guy who did not vote for him, that fake news thing is real. I've been, dude, I've been hitting that nail on the head pretty hard, and it's because it is real. And if this kid's story ends up coming out and being true, dude, look out. Look out. But one of the things that's in the crosshairs now over school shootings is video games, right? Because what happens when tragedy happens is our brains go, I can't fathom this, but, but I want answers. And so you look for simple solutions, right? We all do this. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just how the brain works. The brain's looking to ease itself over tragedy. And so you go, oh, well, it must be this. And then now you can feel a little bit better, right? And so video games have been blamed since Columbine. And I would agree that if, you, that if, as a guy who plays this stuff, I was just playing Call of Duty last night, that now I'm a fully formed adult, and so my brain can probably handle things that obviously children's brains cannot, and that if I had a small child, I would, I, I would be, I'd be hesitant to let them play the amount of Call of Duty that maybe I would play. However, there's a researcher from Villanova University, Patrick Markey, who says all we can say for sure is that there does not appear to be a link at this time between violent video games and school shootings. He said, as a matter of fact, if there is a link, it goes in the opposite direction. He said school shooters are actually less likely to be interested in violent video games than their peers. They, he'll say, well, let's go all the way back to the Virginia Tech gunman, he said, who had no interest whatsoever at all in playing video games. They say only 20% of school shooters play video games compared with 70% of high school students overall that do. Like I was shocked to find out that number was so low because I think most high school kids that age are playing some type of game. Yeah, that makes me not buy that. <coughs> that makes me seem like there's something wrong with that. They said school shooters as a group tend to do things that aren't typical of their peers. Typical teenagers' behavior include playing video games, many of them violent. It's just a sign of a healthy childhood to do things that our peers do, even if our parents don't like it. Yeah, but and he says previous research supports this assertion, suggesting that when violent video games and media are released, real life violence actually drops. In 2011, the University of Texas economist Michael R. Ward and two colleagues found that the higher rate of video game sales coincided with a drop in crime, especially violent crime. Now, obviously, these are scientists. They, they they did studies. They looked into this. They know more than I do. I would be careful about how much I let my kids in, engage in this kind of stuff. I think this is like any other part of this conversation where we've had, where as soon as you bring up like, hey, does media play a part in this? And I don't mean media like CNN. I'm talking like like media in the sense of like all things we consume, television shows we watch, movies we watch, video games we play, stuff like that. Like if you bring that up, somebody's automatically going to be like, well, I played violent video games. I didn't murder anybody. So therefore your point's invalid. And it's like, guys, that's not, I'm not saying that like, hey, this is the one exclusive thing that's causing violence in our society. But I think that it's fair to, make an assumption or at least look into it deeper of like 
I have a hard it's time. a component. That's the word I've been using all week with this is that no one thing is definitely to blame. But you cannot, I would not deny the fact that video games are a component in it. Do you say video games exclusively or do violent movies count in that? Do, 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 does the amount of like blood on television count into that? Or yes. Is, is, do you feel like it's just. No, um, there is something about. If, if somebody came to me and said, from the scientific community, if somebody came to me and said, look, there is something about the fact that you can shoot somebody or that you can be shot and in three seconds your character respawns and you're right back in the same part of the battlefield right. you, you were, that can that desensitize you? Yes. Much like I've been saying, and people want to call me crazy, but I've been saying that the availability of online pornography is what is leading us into this Me Too movement. That you can't argue with me that the fact that you've been able to log onto a computer for the last 25 years, get all the sex you want, isn't turning around and making dudes just be grabby in the workplace. There is obviously a correlation in that. But people want to go, no, 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 because when it comes to sex, people want to be, they, they just, they want to pretend like they know. But it's obviously a factor in why dudes are creepy with chicks. It's obviously a reason. You're desensitizing your brain to what romance is and just feeding it the sex. I, um, I, I was just talking to a coworker of ours and about these school shootings and these conversations that we keep having to have right now. I want to challenge everyone. Dude, if you think something is, well, this is definitely what it is, challenge yourself. Think about it from the other perspective and give yourself at least that viewpoint. In the end, maybe you're right. Video games have nothing to do with this, but at least make room for the fact of, hey, maybe I'm wrong. I, yeah, I just think as a guy who, now again, just because a kid might not, see, here's where it gets tricky is because people go, well, if it's a component, then we got to take them off the shelves. No, because what that is is ultimately a censorship. And we used to be this country just that was like the big thing. Like we were never going to accept that, which, by the way, this is why I've been on the Democrats and the leftists, by the way. This is why I've been on my party recently, because we used to be the ones shoving it into the face of the conservatives about we'll say what we want. You're not going to silence us where you don't. We used to be the don't be PC people. And now Portland liberals have taken over the goddamn country and we've become the soft little bitches in the world. And that's why I'm on us right now. We used to be the ones pushing the envelope, the entertainers, the comedians, the Carlins of the world. That used to be us. And now we're turning into the Bible Belt weirdos who can't accept different thought than what we think. That's why I'm on my group right now. That's why I'm all over them because the parties have swapped. And if social media can do any, I do. I've been thinking about this nonstop at least recently. If social media can do anything with these young people speaking up and talking about how they're not going to take it anymore, you know what it could do this. If, if we got really smart with social media, what it could do is it could shine a light onto us that the last thing we need is the two party system. And instead of dude, don't put a Democrat up there. Don't put a Republican up there. You guys get together and Find me a goddamn human being and put them up there. Find me an actual representative of what we actually think. That's why I'm always saying, dude, you'll never get me in one of those boxes. Because once you're in that box, you got to check the list all the way down that goddamn box. And you become then a psycho that can't see the other side for what it's worth. Dude, if, if social media and this new thing that's happening with these kids in Parkland and all these walking outs and all this stuff, if it can do anything, it can highlight the fact that the two-party system has robbed us of who we are and it has robbed us of legit, of legit leadership, which is what we need right now. And this, if it can do anything, it won't. We'll still bitch about Black Panther and not get anything done. But it could shine a light on that. And I'm sitting over here hopeful that that's what happens. There's another thing happening with the school shootings. 
that's been happening online, again, with social media, people being bullies about it. And I can't believe I have to sit people down and talk about this. But that's coming next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Two to four tomorrow. Find Fantone at Raising Cane's. I want to thank the audience who just let us know that on the menu, you can get a 32-ounce like that of the sauce for six bucks man i'm so excited dude yeah dude it's one of those sauces that you're like man i kind of want this at home because it, it would be good on this it'd be good on that it'd be good on this i uh i'm gonna see if maybe i can get like a raising canes installed into my backyard dude i'm, I'm pumped man those crinkle cup fries give me some they have really good coleslaw too which is one of those things I didn't start eating until really late in life. I mean, obviously, they have really good everything because they only have one thing on the menu. That's the thing. You go to some places, the menu's giant. It's like, well, dude, you probably suck at everything you do, man. When all you have is chicken tenders, crinkle cut fries, coleslaw, and Texas toast, you better be good at it, right? They're good at it. You're going to like it. Can't wait, dude. So uh, find Fantone there tomorrow from 2 to 4. He'll have Kid Rock tickets for you. A lot of people hit me up during the break going, yo, man, I get what you're saying. You know, video games, you're drawing a pretty easy conclusion that too much violence in the brain, you're going to end up acting out on it. They're like, dude, every other country in the world has video games. Why don't they have this? Again, you got to remember what my opinion on this is. I'm the guy that doesn't believe. I believe that Americans are more violent. I do. I believe inherently we are more violent. I also think that they're... Dude, like people wanted to shove Japan at me, right? Japan, 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 big video game place, right? Japan also has this thing, though, where like you don't disgrace your family name. Like you just don't do it. There's family pride there like like we don't have here anymore. I, I think when you start throwing other countries around into an equation, whether it's about uh, gun stuff, whether it's about economic stuff, like there's definitely, we, and we've made this comparison before, we're like, there's definitely things you want to cherry pick out of there. And like, yeah, sure. man, hey, I like that. And maybe we should implement it. Um, I, I don't think you're ever going to win an argument in America by pointing at another country and saying, well, look at them. They're doing it like this over here. Uh, whether, whether that point's valid or not, it's going to ring death to a lot of Americans. Yeah, I just think, again, I still maintain that Americans are more violent and you can't tell me that a nation of kids growing up with online pornography and now me too is like the biggest thing and you can't tell me that there's not a correlation there because I'm just too intelligent not to, to buy anything that's not that because you're just selling me hype at that point there was something else that was going on yesterday and again I don't think anybody's turning this show on and like finding me for the first time ever right like I, I know sometimes that'll happen right. more often than not that's not the case so I set that up and I, to say this, that you know I don't like the word offended, that I don't really like the word offensive offended, that I feel like people just ring the bell too, too quickly. If everything's offensive, then nothing's offensive, and that's a problem, right? Okay. But something was happening yesterday and in the last couple of days with these Parkland kids that I find to be very offensive, and that is we're now calling some of these kids crisis actors. Where like we feel like we're farming these kids out of nowhere and sending them to these situations. Like I watched a news report yesterday where they were measuring this kid's ears in two different videos with like a ruler trying to figure out if it was the same kid or not. Like, guys, here's the thing, okay? To tell you where I'm coming from on this, do I believe that in some of these you know, marches and protests and riots and whatever, that some of those people in those groups to make that group look larger than it really is. Do I believe that some people were dragooned and paid to take part in some of those things? 100%. 
Absolutely. For sure, I believe that happened. But that does not mean that that is true of every single person that has been through a tragedy. And if you are going to say that about a kid, if you are going to say this about a child who had made it through a school shooting, what I want is for you to be 100%, like 100% correct about it or sure before you suggest that somebody's doing this. Because that is is, much like I always say stolen valor is offensive, I I feel like this would be offensive. I, I can't believe, and I mean, this really is central to kind of one student, but I mean, I think a lot of the students involved in, in what happened earlier or last week, um, you go through something like that, which is just, I mean, honestly, the most horrific thing I could think of as a as a, a kid of that age. Like, what else could what else could be scarier to Nothing. you? You know what I'm saying? Nothing. Like, what else what else could be worse? Parent dying, but I mean, now we're just, I mean, uh, right. six to five. But, and but 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 at this point, so you dealt with that. That happened, and now you've become like the. I don't mean to make a pun here, but you become in the crosshairs of like this this gross conspiracy theory where where the most traumatic thing that happened to you in your life is now being questioned of like, well, you you weren't even there. Uh, and it's not new. It's not, dude. I mean, this was no that they were dealing with that girl, right? Where everybody thought that one girl was at like every shooting that, that had happened, right? It was a brunette woman, <laughs> right? right? I mean, they all dressed the same, sobbing, they sobbing all uncontrollably. The same. Um, I, I guess there's a little bit of you know, and it goes even further back than that. I mean, I read something yesterday when uh, the Little Rock Nine were getting marched in. Yeah, newspapers were reporting that these kids didn't go here. These kids were being brought in as outside instigators and stuff like that. So I think it's a pretty common, you know, or maybe not common, but definitely not a new thing. My, my, a part of my problem is here is if, if this was this big conspiracy and they were bringing these actors in, why on earth would they have kids at the same you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, so hey, you guys are the kids that did Sandy Hook. Now you guys are the kids that did Newton. Now you guys are the kids that did Columbine. Why would we use the same? Why kid? would Why would they use the same kid if it's if it's this mass conspiracy of the minds and everybody's getting? Why would you use the same kid? I also think there's a very big difference in a in a solid distrust of just all information given to you versus going down the conspiracy theory hole. Like, I think. All right, I think crisis actor is on the line of flat earth. Now again, I told you, during some of these marches and during some of this, were some of those people paid to make those groups look larger than they are? 100%? Absolutely. If you don't think there's corporations out there that have a vested interest in moving the political needle and that will pay, and whether it's Soros or not, I don't know, were people paid to march and protest? You're goddamn right. They you were. feel applies both sides. I mean, yes. Tea partiers. Yes. In the same rule. Okay. Okay. Dude, part of all the right. dude. I, I would imagine as far as all the way back to Occupy Wall Street, that whole okay. thing. Absolutely. Okay. There's also there are just some people that just want to be a part of something, whether they agree with it or not. They just want to be Go part of the, the movement. Yeah. They just want to be part yeah. of the scene, right? But if this, if you are going to ex- accuse a child that just went through one of the most I don't know, horrific things they're ever going to go through, probably more horrific than anything you will face in your life, that I think you got to gut check yourself on the conspiracy theorists. It's fun to believe conspiracy theories. I understand that. There, there's a ton of them. Flat Earth, all this other stuff, right? The moon landings, all of them, right? JFK, Magic Bullet, all this stuff. It's fun to kind of like go down the rabbit hole and buy in this. But this happened. And unless you know for sure, and I mean for sure, that this kid is the, did this, 
you need to keep that off of Facebook because I because really what are you getting out of it first of all and I would examine if I were you where that's coming from why do I gotta why do I gotta think what what is going on with me that I don't trust this kid right now I know what you're gonna say to me you don't trust the media okay neither do I I'm in the guy telling you fake news is real but I would, dude. You better be sure about this. Facebook and Twitter have both, um, I guess, last night and, and this morning, have put out a statement about how um, they're going to try to quell some of these conspiracy theories and, like, when they regard stuff like that, and kind of essentially said, like, we're sorry for allowing this to, you know, permeate through the nation like it has so far. I wonder if this is an, is going to be the thing. I know, just you know, previously this morning, I was saying, you know, if we all came together on social media, it could take down the two parties. I mean, we, we could actually get real leadership in this country. You know what I mean? What I have always said is, you know what the government fears more than anything? You and I standing together. And that's why they set us up to divide. That's why the two-party system is a thing is because it just generates arguments and we just dig our heels and we all scream at one another and then they just all rob us blind and do whatever the hell they want when nobody's looking. Well, pro- the problem is now is people are looking. And here's what I will tell you. Like a lot of people want to say to me, tell these high school kids to shut up. Jeez. Here's what I'll tell you. No, and, and not even just Parkland. Like, there's other now high school students walking out of schools yeah. and this and that. Here's what I'm going to tell you. And this is an estimation on my point. I have, I have no way to back this up. But it is just an opinion. But I'm willing to bet if I took a, an engaged high school student, an engaged political high school student, that they know more than the average adult on Facebook about the political structure. Because when you're young, you've only got so many outlets. You only got so many things to be worried about that you can actually read. You can actually focus. When you get old, man, you're worried about losing your job. You're worried about saving for your kid's college tuition. And you're on Facebook just calling everybody a libtard or conservative and crisis actor and all this stuff. Where, you know what? Actually, I have a very important political question for you, Matthew Fantone. And yeah. I, we're up against it. But I, there's an idea being floated. You know what? Let's take this break. We'll come right back and we'll find out what you feel about this next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Albert Wooden, Executive Director of Save 22. 22 veterans a day take their lives. That number's way too high. Albert's going to come in here and talk to us about his organization and what we can all do to band together, kind of help bring that number down. Yeah, I mean, I just want to get his insight on suicide. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's going to have great things to say, I'm sure. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I I have a lot of questions I want to talk to Albert about. Very interested to do that. So we'll just give him a couple, you know, a couple of minutes, lay it out, and then uh, we'll ask him some questions. That'll be at 9 o'clock this morning. We also have Canton Charge tickets. We'll get you hooked up here momentarily. And still a trip out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. That's coming up at 9 o'clock as well. A major act just got added to the iHeartRadio Music Awards, by the way. Really? Major. Really? Huge act. Is it the Sainsbury Show? No. Son of a bitch. I'm not allowed to tell you until 9 o'clock. Damn it. I'm not allowed to tell you. All right. But some people say... <laughs> <laughs> Some people say Stansbury. We told you not to tell us until the nine o'clock. Well, Tommy was working on the docks. You know what I mean? Okay, all right. All right. Tommy's working on the docks. All right. You know that whole thing. So nine o'clock is when I'll when I'll tell you the thing I just told you. Uh huh. <laughs> that's when I, that's when I'll do that. All right. So before the break, we were talking about crisis actors and like this whole thing and like I don't know. People are like. I don't know. I think crazy, and I I just think want to believe conspiracy theories because it's. I think partially it's because it's easier than digesting the actual info. 
And, and yeah, I, I think oh, there's yeah. part of it. And, and then there's also a little bit, I think conspiracy theories are a lot like faith, where your brain goes, well, I can't make sense of this. Well, faith will kind of like, is like water on pavement. It finds all the cracks. And so it fills in what you can't make sense of in your faith. Well, well, faith. Mysterious ways. Yeah, exactly. Mysterious. They're very mysterious. Mysterious ways and conspiracy theories to me are pretty much along the the same line. It's you not knowing the answer and finding, you know, um, comfort in this. Finding an answer that fits what you think. You don't know, but it's what I think. And I want to find this answer. And all right, this, 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 you know, gives me, this gives me ammunition for my thoughts. And, you know, I said before the break that, you know, don't just rule out high school kids. And and because we act like because you're in high school that you can't know anything. And I made the point that is like, dude, if you were legitimately politically engaged as a high school student, that I think that you could be, could be, could be more educated and more well-rounded about these subjects than some of the adults that I see on Facebook posting memes and the like, because you just yeah. have more time and you got and you, you you can focus on it more. Where you start to get old, man, does that sound great in the back of this really serious conversation? Man, I love the beeping of that computer. And so you just have more time to like research it and like do this kind of stuff. And so you can be legitimately engaged. And people are hitting me up like, dude, think about it. What were you like in high school? You're just thinking about ass and beer and all that stuff. Actually, I was a little bit more engaged than I ever let on when I was in high school. As a matter of fact, my school did have a walkout over racial inequality, and we did get a little bit of movement on that. Um, there was, so I, I think you can see that. I think you can also see the youth movement, uh, uh, you know, elected Kennedy in the 60s. The youth movement is what put Bill Clinton in office for sure. It definitely played a role in what Barack Obama was doing. And so people have been floating this around the last few days. And at first I was like, no, hell no, no. But the more I think about it, the more I'm starting to go, should we lower the voting age to 16? Nah. No, 18's the line. You're an adult at that point. I mean, unless, But you're not. But unless you're moving everything to 16, unless you're saying, like, okay, 16, you are a legal adult, I can't support that. I can't be, I can't be down with minors voting. All right. Well, here's why I think it's all right. We vote on stuff that, will, that only affects them, and they don't get a voice in it. We vote on Medicare, we vote on water, what we're going to do, what we're going to do with all these things. We're leaving this planet for these people, and they don't have a voice in what they're, what they're going to inherit. Neither do 10-year-olds. Should they be allowed to vote? <sighs> no, I think that there's a commonplace line here. If I can trust you with a missile and a steering wheel, which is what a car is, how can I not trust you to make an opinion? I think, my, I think the, argue, the counter to that, from my end, is that you shouldn't be able to drive until you're 18. Well, that would require more responsible parenting and people like, and then, uh, but uh, like, they're not going to do that. Yeah, and I mean, and, and, and it's until until like eighteen is the line. If we start moving that line back, you're going to open up the argument of like, well, should nine year olds be able to vote? Why I'm not? hearing that if you're not responsible enough to have your own insurance at twenty five, um, then you can't, then you shouldn't be able to vote at sixteen. You can get insurance before you're twenty five. You can absolutely get car insurance before you're twenty five. I was off my parents' car insurance at seventeen. I dude, I moved out of my parents' house at seventeen the first time. Had all my own stuff. So you can absolutely. Now, maybe they changed that since I had car insurance when I was a kid. I don't know. Maybe they did. I, I don't know. I could be speaking way out of turn. I don't have kids. But to, to, to make this argument that at 18, you're that much more prepared for a decision than you are at 16. Do I really think that's the case? No, but there's got to be a line in the sand somewhere. I mean, are you really that much more prepared at, at, at 21 than you are at 18? I, I don't think so. I mean, like, and, and, and we're. we're 
Well, every year you add, you're going to be smarter and a little bit, well, you should be, and, and, and be a little bit more prepared than you should. Now, I'm not arguing, like, let's change the voting age today. All I'm saying is that there is an argument out there that doesn't make it crazy to think about it, where it's like, dude, these people are going to inherit a world they don't get to have a voice in. It's 15, or like, all right, I'm 15 and I'm politically engaged. I feel like if, if we, we draw these arbitrary lines wherever we want, 16 to drive a car, why can't I just draw an arbitrary line? Well, we did, 18. Why can't I draw the arbitrary line at 16? So should I be able to sign a contract? If we make it to where you can vote at 16, then yes, you should be able to sign a contract so at 16. I'm responsible enough to vote for, you know, am I at that point, can I, can I sleep with adults? Like, is it, I'm an adult? Well, 16 is the age of consent. Is I mean, it, right. Now, you and now, I both I always say that's a loophole. Right. And if you're using that as a loophole, if you're 40 you want to sleep with a 16-year-old, that there's something going on there. If I'm responsible enough to vote, how am I not responsible enough to drink? How am I not responsible enough well, to vote? I mean, dude, that, that, that argument's already here, Matt. We, we have, the, if I'm responsible to die in war, how am I not responsible enough to and drink? I, I agree 100% with and that. And I've always said the simple answer to that is if you have a military ID, you should be able to buy alcohol. Like, that's, I, that one to me is very, very simple. I don't know if I want 16-year-olds to vote? I don't know that. But when you think about the fact that we make all these decisions that are going to bankrupt their world, we are burning through their resources, and then we're leaving it here for them, and you can... I mean, we don't handle the voting all that... Do 25-year-olds don't handle the right to vote all that responsibly? Well, actually, what is the percentage of people over the age of 18 that actually vote? If, if it's not that like, high, right? Yeah, I was going to say people in their 20s. I mean, I, I, I would assume relatively compared to like, you know, older generations. No, the younger you are, probably the less likely you are to vote. I think that's, you know. Older, I'm sorry, run that by me. Older people vote. Older people, senior citizens yeah. vote. That's why when it comes to like local elections, I would agree. you don't see people talking to general public. You see them in senior homes. You see because those are the people who get out there and vote. So like. I I, I I understand like the frustration of like I feel like I don't have a voice at 16 yet the world is still affecting me that there's there's validity in that but I I can't start moving the line of being an adult I I I, I don't feel comfortable. With there's that. solid arguments in that and again I'm not standing in here digging my heels and saying no it's got to be 16 I'm saying there's a conversation here it's that that it and I just. I just think it's weird that they don't have a say in a world they're going to inherit. And I know as many people my age that are dumbass and have no idea and are just in there yanking on levers and just repeating, you know, campaign rhetoric that have no idea what the hell is going on. And so I don't understand how adding 16 year olds into that is going to make it all that much worse. Now I'm being asked, what about 16, you know, old enough to buy a gun? That's that's the big story right now is guns. And yeah, you're right. There's going to be some things in there. Um, and again, I'm not a proponent. I'm just saying I think there is a conversation, and I don't like this as a guy who likes to jump up and down on millennials. I think this, well, if you're in high school, you're just a moron automatically. I think the amount of high school kids that would smoke you in a debate on politics would blow you away. I don't think you want to admit that because you're 35 and you got your life figured out, even though, no, you don't. No, you don't. But I think the amount of 16-year-old kids that could smoke you in an argument like that might blow you away. It's not all of them. As a matter of fact, it's probably a very small portion. And that ultimately would probably be the best reason not to lower the voting age to 16. As a matter of fact, more often than not, I'm normally for raising the ages on things, alcohol and driving. I'm more likely to go that way. But then, you know, it just, you know, you start moving responsibilities around. I like Fantone's idea. It's like moving, you know, the, the line of an adult does get tricky. 
But there is a conversation on that. And, oh, actually, Levi's got a point here. What about if we let 16-year-olds vote on state and local stuff but not federal? What, what, what difference does that make? I, I, yeah, I think, well, I mean, ultimately, we do know state and local government affects your life more than federal does. But, yeah, if you're going to let them vote, let them uh, vote. Yeah, I mean, it's like, dude, I mean, that'd be like at 18 you can buy beer, but you can't buy vodka. What do we, what do we, what do we vote on federally? President, that's it. Yeah. I mean, like, is there, like, so you don't get a say in who the president is? Yeah, you're going to get a say in everything else but the president? That almost no seems, that, that seems backwards. Ultimately, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm a proponent for moving the voting age, but there is hypocrisy in, hey, kid, shut up. We're going to make all these decisions that are going to ruin this earth, and then we're going to pass it off to you. And then hopefully in two years when you can vote, you'll figure out a system to fix it. That just seems strange to me. More Sansbury Show and charge tickets right around the corner. Hang Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. A huge artist got uh, added to that yesterday. Live out a prayer before you text. Stop it. Stop it. Stop uh, it. Don't tell these people things. We're 10 minutes away. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. I, uh... Dude, I heard a good friend of yours went to the Wacom Auto Family Job Fair yesterday. Yeah, a, uh, a friend of mine hit me up yesterday and was like, I hate my job. I'm going to that Wacom Job Fair. And I said, get your ass out there, woman. Yeah. Like, go out there. They had a ton of, uh, I know they had a ton of, of, of people out was there. there. So it was heavily attended? From good. what from what she told me, she was like, hey, I, uh, I got my fingers crossed. And she's like, but there were so many people there. Makes sense, dude. Everything I hear about Wacom, great place to work. I, yes. I mean, um, so I, I know that a lot of people that work there have been there at least five years. A lot of them, even more, have been over there over 20 20 years, which just sells you on the stability thing. Right. And when you work in radio, you just look oh at people with job stability, and you're like, man, that must be nice, man. That must be nice. Stansbury coming to pick me up. We're going to the Wakeham job. Dude, dude, I got to tell you, I lives. probably should have went yesterday. You're yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, you know, I uh, good luck to everybody that was there yesterday. And, uh, dude, I, uh, I, I honestly, I know it sounds a little bit like, hey, these guys are just doing a Wakeham commercial, but I really hope this woman gets this job just because it's like, uh, you know, about magazine's number one place to work and all these different things and, yeah. and you know yeah fingers crossed for it well did she put me down as a uh, i believe so as I a be- reference I, I believe so okay. i believe so so oh, that, that yeah. i would have allowed that all right i would have allowed right. that i know this person all right you vouch i, I, I would have uh craig yes. hopefully you're listening right now craig I, wake what are you doing you better be listening <laughs> dude i'm out here hawking cars sending people to job fairs you better at least check me out what are you doing all right uh dude your underwear is blowing up the internet. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, it's blowing up the internet. As a matter of fact, your girlfriend's awake right now. Okay. Uh, because my friend Haley, I just posted, as like, Fantone admitted this morning that he has underwear in his collection that he's had for over 15 years. Yeah. I think it's gross. And uh, <laughs> my friend Haley was like, I'm just curious to think what his girlfriend says about it. And sure enough, there's your girlfriend. <laughs> I'm not thrilled. <laughs> I'm not thrilled. She has started to... Um, Dude, your girlfriend's got a very good sense of humor. In the middle of the night, I feel like she will start throwing away the worst of the worst underwear. There's That's been what pairs, we do. There's been pairs with like legit holes in them, and I'm like, I don't care. They're not holes in essential places. There's like, no sock monster in the washing machine. <laughs> it's your wife. So, That's who's doing so it. So I'm like, hey, where did those green and blue plaid boxers go? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, you know exactly where they went. They went in the trash. Heather wanted to know... How are they not falling apart? They are. 
or are they just special underwear only worn for certain occasions like silky leopard Ooh. print bikini briefs? Oh, no, they actually are not. Even though I am wearing a pair of quote unquote like special underwear right now, but like. What is special underwear? They're like, my girlfriend got me these. She's like, oh, these are hot. And they're not like boxer briefs, but they're like the same like. But they're not briefs. They're kind of like short boxer briefs. And the only thing is, I haven't. Oh, yeah, I've I, seen those. I haven't done laundry recently, and there is a little bit of me. I'm like, dude, I am riding up. You know what? We need to go to that Duluth Trading Company or whatever that's opening up with that $75 pair of underwear. Dude, I need those. We don't need to go underwear <laughs> shopping. You need to go to Duluth. I don't know why. Dude, what, what's going on in your mind there, Fantone? You and I holding hands, walking through Duluth, trying to find the new, you know, carriage for your boy? No. 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 God damn, dude. I, I, I'm with your girlfriend. I'm no longer thrilled. We have Canton Charge tickets. Let's send you right now. Take caller 15, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Now, 9 o'clock hour is real big. We're going to send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards, and we will also be joined in studio by Albert Wooden, Executive Director of Save 22. If you're unaware, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. That number's way too high. Albert's going to educate Fantone and myself and the rest of us on how we can do what we can do to help bring that number down. That's all next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We'll send you out to Los Angeles here momentarily for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. I can now officially tell you it's after 9 a.m. Bon Jovi has signed on. They will be playing the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards, and we'll get you hooked up with that trip to Los Angeles. But before we do that, Fantone and I are both on the edge of our seats for this. Um, We were reached out to a while ago by a guy named Albert Wooden, and I believe uh, calling you the executive director of that, is that is that not right? I am actually the president. The president. El Presidente. El Presidente. I El like Jefe, it. if you will. Of Save 22, <laughs> which is a group raising awareness over the fact that 22 veterans a day take their own lives. The website is save22.vet, and if you are a veteran and you feel like you need some help or you want to reach out and kind of talk to somebody, one 800 273-8255 is your 1-800 number for that. So let me ask you, Albert, I would imagine you served your country. Yes, I did. Okay, well, first, thank you for your service on behalf of the, this show, this radio station. We appreciate that. Um, it's something we don't take lightly here. I famously say on the show all the time, I don't get offended by a lot. Stolen Valor is one of those things that I find offensive because if you didn't serve this country, how did I just, that, there's something wrong with that. I agree 100%. Okay. So this is obviously a passion project for you. Yes, it is. I, I don't think you do this unless you you wholeheartedly believe. And so I would imagine, I, I, I don't mean to lead the witness, but I would imagine it was guys that you served with that this happened to, and you said, okay, enough, right? Yeah, yes. Um, specifically in my unit, um, one of the guys that I work with, Staff Sergeant Michael Haggerty, you know, about three and a half years ago, about the same time this idea came about, you know, he unfortunately took his own life and that hit me pretty hard because there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of survivor's guilt. Should I have kept in touch? What did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. This guy was my battle buddy. We went to war together. You know, we had each other's back and I felt honestly that I let him down. There's the survivor's guilt thing is big. Um, My father was a Vietnam war veteran, did not talk to my brother and I a lot about uh, the war. Um, and he would always say, he's like, I just felt like I didn't really deal with what a lot of those, what, what, like, what the, a lot of the, the heroes did deal with. And he had some guilt over that. Um, but I know that my phone would ring 
all hours of the night. Yes. And that it was just guys who we had served with calling. Sometimes guys would just show up at the door randomly. And I was too young to kind of like understand. He would then kind of tell you what was happening there. But there was definitely some guilt with him over the fact that guys were dealing with coming back. And we didn't call it PTSD back then, but guys were dealing with that. And he was able to kind of not have that so much. And that you could, and it was, you could tell it was one of the reasons why he didn't want to talk about it with us a lot because he felt like, you know what I mean? I, I, he felt like he got out of it unscathed, I guess is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. But a lot of people, People don't yeah and, and part of the part of the military training and the military way of life is you know you're always trained to assess threats be on guard protect defend never let anything show never let anything down and then you come back home and you're taken out of that environment and the military doesn't do anything to take that out of you you know they want to program it in so right. you're defend 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 protect and then when you come home army of one when you come home then there's nothing what are you protecting? What are you defending? You lose your purpose. You lose your mission. The sense of purpose is the big one, right? Yes. Is because yes. your purpose is so drastic and, and important while you're serving, and then you come home and you don't. I mean, would imagine nothing stacks up next to that. No, it does not. Nothing. I mean, right? I, nothing. It, it's pretty hard to get geared up for stuff, right? It, it's it's hard to get geared up to go watch your daughter and son play soccer, right, or golf or right. basketball. You know, it, well, let's it, not attack it, golf. It, yeah. I, uh, well, I love golf, no, so you know, we'll, we'll it, definitely get together it, and play. But that. it's just one of those things that you know, it's hard to find something that replaces the high alert status, the being on edge, the wanting to do the something, adrenaline, the, right? Like always being on, and and there's nothing. It's hard to find things that can take that away. And for me, honestly, metal music for me is is, is that. An that, escape. It's, sure. it's an escape. It, it's the show. It's the adrenaline. It's the beat. It's the music. It's it's away from me personally. And and racing. I love racing. Drag racing. You know, you go there. It's the adrenaline rush. It's the horsepower. It, it's huge. It's it's an outlet. You okay. Know? And those are things. I can see that. And and those are things. And I'm going to kind of segue here for you. Sure. Those are kind of things that we we offer some of our programs. You know, the metal music therapy, right. the drag racing therapy. There's so many things across this country that are out there for vets, and and they need to know that. Yeah, I feel like you know you you mentioned that the army doesn't do anything to kind of deprogram that out of veterans when they try to you know reassimilate into you know civilian life. But at the same time, society doesn't make it easy either. You know what I mean? Like there's so many there's so many things there's so many cards and so many hurdles in the way of a veteran returning home. I guess to me it's just like what do we as you know John Q Public what do we do to make that transition a little bit easier? And we touched a little bit on this right before we came on. You know, it, today's the twenty second. The 22nd every month is kind of like a buddy check day, you know, and basically it's check on your buddy, do something nice. Even if they're not in the military, do something for your neighbor. Just say hi to somebody, you know, start that conversation because you don't know what that person's going through that day. Right. And a simple hello, holding a door. Communication is is lacking in, in, in this, which is crazy. We got more ways to communicate <laughs> right, than ever before, right. but yet we don't communicate at all. And everybody's going through something. Everybody's got a struggle. And yeah, I think being a little bit more open to people. And I just, I can't think of anything more disgraceful than the richest country in the world not being able to properly take care of the people that fight for it when they get back. I mean, we know, I mean, the homelessness issue with veterans is massive. It's out of control. That to me is crazy. Like, I, like, 
I, I'm against like you know some of these more liberal programs like you know universal basic income and all this stuff, right? But I think that there is a, a way with the military to start pilot programs to see what, what works. I, and there and there are some small programs across the country where they're building tiny homes, these small mm-hmm. little homes, you know, very sure. basic. You know, getting these homeless veterans into those facilities, they could build them, right? I mean, well, there's actually so some organizations around this area that are on the verge of doing that. Is that right? Yes. So I'm really excited to see what happens here in the next year. And they're actually going to have them work at their facility, um, and they're going to earn a little income, and that's kind of their way to pay back. Now you're giving them a sense of purpose and a mission every day. Right. And those are two things we talked about that are lacking. So when you start to lose sense of purpose and sense of mission, it's a a dark path really, really quick. Oh, I mean, I I don't want to relate this, and I want to make it clear I'm not trying to relate this. But... um, when you lose your job, you can kind of go through that a little bit. Absolutely. And, and then that can, and, and, and it's a small portion of it. Again, I'm not trying to make the relation. It's just a job. I mean, military's lifestyle. That's, that's who you are. And you lose that. Right. And no, and right. And you're right. It's ingrained in you. It's like, it's instilled in you constantly over and over again. And it does, it has to be. I understand why those systems, s- systems work. How did we find out that 22 is the number? So the, the the government is good with statistics. We know that. Sure. Right? So those you know statistics are something that's put out by the VA. I can personally tell you that in our area, when I say our area, the Stark County, Carroll County, Tuscarawas County area, that number for a day is in our area low. I, that, in well, our that, area, it's heartbreaking, dude. But that's heartbreaking. That was but, my point to ask you because I was like, if if the number's twenty two, we know it's higher. Yes, okay. it, it is definitely higher. Yeah, you know, last year about, you know, right at the break of spring, um, we were hit pretty hard in our area. There were six within a matter of two weeks. Wow. We're, we're talking to Albert Wooden. He's the wow. president of uh, Save Twenty Two. Again, the website Save Twenty Two Vets. You can follow them on Twitter at Save Twenty Two Vets. And again, if you're a veteran and you feel like you uh, would like to reach out to somebody for some help, one eight hundred two seven three eighty two fifty five. What are some let me ask you this question, Albert. Let's say man or woman, whoever, comes home after serving, yes, and their family members are suspicious of something might be something might be going on here, and we don't want our, our family member to be one of the twenty two. Are there legit warning signs that we start to see that are commonalities or so what we found out just through our organization, and again, none of us are certified in anything we do. We're just okay. we're just a group of vets that trying want to, make to help other right. vets. I like it. Right. And, and and the vet community is so strong. And like for us in our organization, Tom, our founder, he can pick up on what I have going on. He knows. Jason, our executive director, he's down in Puerto Rico right now helping rebuild. You know, he knows. So I think the only nice answer job, that Jason. I could give you is to have get that person around other vets. Okay. Get that person around other vets. Get them to some like-minded. Know like-minded. what they've been through. Like-minded. You That's the exact word. Again, like-minded. I'm, I'm not trying to relate this at all because there is no relation, but I have a friend that works in the radio business, and she had just gotten a job. She had been out of job about a year, and I was one of the people that she called most because none of her other friends really understand relate, the industry. Right? They don't really get it, but I totally understand it. And so like, I believe in that, that being around people that know your struggle because – 
you're going to be more likely to to, to admit it and, and talk your way through it. Yeah, vulnerability and the ability to say, hey, I'm having a problem is a very tough thing, I think, for any man to do, it, let alone a man that served in the military, let I would alone agree. to people who don't haven't gone through it. I'm, I'm sure that's a very tough thing for them and, to and do. And you hit the nail on the head, and, and we kind of have a saying in our organization, and I've been spreading this more and more and more, it's okay not to be okay. I it's like okay it. not to be okay. Don't have that stigma that because... Man, I'm I can't sleep. I'm short tempered. I don't want to be around people. I want to be inside. I want you know what? It's okay. It's okay to be that way. You know, but don't get so wrapped up in it that you don't live. Yeah, you know, I that, that's that's the problem. Finding that balance of I have to live, but I'm I don't want to be around people. I think that's one of those messages that that everybody kind of needs to learn right now. I think we're seeing that a lot yeah. with school shootings and some of this yes. other stuff that's happening in the country where it's like it's okay to to admit that uh, you know what like man I'm just kind of feeling down I need I, I need some interaction I need some of that and I agree I, I well I, I always say I think the you know some of the technology again you can talk to a bunch of people but it, it's making us pull backwards we're more inward we're more about ourselves like most people don't even know what their neighbor's name which is crazy right you know what I mean and stuff like that again we're talking to the president of save 22 Albert Wooden save 22.vet and again on Twitter at save 22 vets and again if you're a veteran looking for some help 1-800-273-8255 Albert do you have time to stick around can I talk to you just a little bit more absolutely all right we'll come right back more with Albert Wooden the president of save 22 next on rock 1069 your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Awards now. Text the keyword TRIP to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's TRIP to 200-200. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. We're also now being joined in studio by Albert Wooden, the president of Save 22. Uh, if you're unaware, 22 veterans a day take their lives via suicide. The website is save22.vet. You can follow them on Twitter at save22vets. And if you're a veteran looking for some uh, for some guidance, some help, whatever it is you are in need of, 1-800-273-8255 is the number on how you can reach Albert and his organization. Thank you, Albert, for taking some time and joining us this morning. We appreciate it. The amount of uh, veterans who have already reached out to me saying dude, the, the, how and how important this is, I, I appreciate yeah. you taking some time. I would be remiss if I did not ask you the big question everybody wants me to ask you. Let's go for it. Which is, is the answer to the school shooting problem in the country armed veterans in the, in schools? I don't think it's the answer. Okay. I think it is a great idea not only to take retired veterans, veterans who have served, veterans who can pass the background check to work in the schools, to absolutely use them or police officers, without a doubt. If you are trained in such a way that you can assess targets, uh, high value, you know, strengths, positions, cool things, under pressure, things that could that could secure a school, lock it down for sure. Um, I don't know if that's the answer to fix the problem. In my opinion, okay. Well, I, there probably is no answer to fix <laughs> said problem, but. I, I, I don't dislike the idea, okay? It, um, but I, I have said on the show a few times that I feel like what this country will do is we'll propose that idea, and then what we're going to do is have a, a misinformed conversation about PTSD, yeah. and there's going to be people saying, well, look at the PTSD issue. I don't really know if that's the person I want holding a gun walking around a school. And, and I can understand that. And I can understand that from the outside looking in. But somebody like myself who has PTSD, 
Should I have the right to carry a weapon? Should that be taken away from me because I have PTSD? I'm, I, I think that's going to be a further conversation in this country at some point. And I agree. I, I've been telling people, um, again, just non-military members, dude, I'd be careful about how often you're writing the word depressed in your Facebook profile. Yes. And because sooner or later, we're going to start to, we'll do more and more science, more and more things are going to come out, and they're going to start to restrict rights over these, over these conditions. I... I like it on surface because it's two birds, one stone. Yes. I take a veteran who served this country, who is out of, who is having a hard time finding a job when they get back, which is ridiculous. They now get employed, and we also have qualified people that are trained in 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 these types of situations, yes. stressful situations on how to handle it properly. That I do think. I think you would have to think twice. If you knew there was somebody <laughs> trained in this standing in there, sure. you would have to go, well, what, sure. what am I going to do to get past that? Right. And, and I can personally tell you some of the people in the organization, you know, and I'm, I'm going to name drop here. Okay, uh, do you it. Know, Dave Miller, Dave Lingo, John Haney, Tom Endorf, Nick Tressel, Marsha Alexander, Marine. Wow. These are people I would absolutely 100%, without a doubt, want them protecting my kid. There's no doubt. Okay. I mean, I would have to yield to you there. Um, I, you know, I, you know, you, you you bring up all these different issues that veterans are dealing with, and I understand that PTSD is a big part of that. I know another problem, and you know, we talked about homelessness earlier, is a problem when it comes to drug abuse and when it comes to self medication. Um, how much of a role does that play within? You feel like the twenty two, you know, suicides a day. So it, it's huge. It's huge. Um, the VA has gotten. Much, much better. I can personally tell you that. Um, you know, and and I can share some of my story. You know, I was thirty two pills a day. Wow. wow you know, dude. they give you Jesus. You get pills for pain, wow. you get pills to sleep, you get pills to keep you awake, you get pills for nightmares, you get pills for this. You get so the <sighs> that VA sounds like a lot. It, it does sound like a lot, but the VA has gotten much, much better taking some of these pills away. So you can see where it would become real easy. Okay, you know what? I can't sleep tonight, so I'm gonna take, you know, Two Ambien, because one didn't do it. Right. Then it's three. You and build then, tolerance. Right. And then it's, you know, the same with the Percocets. Man, I'm hurting so bad today, I can't move. You know, and, then it's, and it and becomes a problem to where then, again, you've already lost sense of purpose, your mission. Now you're on hooked on opiates. Now now you're losing things, you know, your wife, kids, job, home. And, and it spirals out of control so quick. And there you are on the streets, no money, can't get a job because you can't pass a drug test. Right. You don't have an address. So now what do you think do? of that. Now what do you do? Well, there's organizations out there across this country that will help. You know, one of the big things, and we're so, so lucky to have Wayne Moynihan over at the Stark County VSO. He's an absolute great guy over there. Okay. You know, the Stark County VSO, is if if you're a vet and you haven't gone to the Stark County VSO or any VSO, the state of Ohio is set up great. There's a VSO office, veteran service office in every county. Go to that VSO office. Go get yourself signed up. They can help. You know, get you on the right path. There's so many programs they can give you. So that's one of our networking tools is to use that VSO. Tell people about it. And the VSO will not talk to the VA unless you tell them they can. Okay. You know, you have the Vet Center downtown Canton. You can walk right in and get help. Again, the Vet Center will not talk to the VA unless you allow them to. Okay. So okay. those are just two that we have here locally. I didn't know They're that. pretty quick. But, yeah, you know, back to the, the your question about the homelessness. It, it, it You can see how quickly it can just spiral, spiral right. out of control. right. Even Real for, fast. Even if you're a civilian. It's not just military. Civilian way, too. Oh, I, I was telling people the other day when when the proposed of 
sending the food straight to the house versus you know loading up EBT cards. And people were were having all these awful opinions on it. And I told and I said I think you need to think. You don't realize how close your corporation is from going out of business. Dude, right. America business, it's a house of cards right now. It is. I mean, is. Dude, like business <laughs> in this country, dude, I, I know I'm working in one of the most unstable businesses in America broadcasting. Right. So, like, I'm really aware, and it has kind of helped change my opinion on some of that stuff because I could be in that situation tomorrow. I am... Um, I just think, Albert, what you're doing, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Albert Wooden. He's the president of Save22. Again, the website is Save22.vet, online at, on Twitter at, say, at Save22vets, and again, the, uh, the 1-800 number, 1-800-273-8255. I guess, and I don't know how you would ballpark this, but I want to, I'm my brain all morning while talking to you has been curious about what is the percentage of this we could lower just by people reaching out over not feeling like they want to. Like, I, I wonder, like, I, I just, I would have to think it's a lot because I think Fantone kind of touched on this. I mean, men in general are kind of sold this man up, sack up, dude. Right, right. Right. And so now you throw in a lot of what's necessary in the military so you can do your job and that, that you just don't take that shirt off when you get home and it's gone. So, like, there is this not wanting to be weak aspect of it and we got to like change the whole messaging on all that we do we do and again it goes right back to what we said at the beginning it's okay not to be okay sure it, it's okay and it's hard it, it it's it is so hard when you're trained a certain way not to let people in to be on guard right. to be vigilant and to be able to let somebody in and 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 let down it, it's a struggle it it's a daily struggle so i I know you wanted to talk to us about House Bill 202. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I know that was one of the big things you have. For those people, and much like myself, that don't have a working knowledge of House Bill 202, what is it? So House Bill 202 was this idea we had. Our hike that we have every year for the pat this will be our third year, is the first Saturday in May. So we had this idea, well, how can we spread this out specifically through the state of Ohio? Okay. To let vets know that there is a place to go, even if it's for one day. Even if it's one day, let's do this. So we went to Andy Thompson, who's a rep, and we worked with him. Jason worked with him really hard to get this passed through and saved. Uh, House Bill 202 is a bill that declared the first Saturday in May Veteran Suicide Prevention Day for the state of Ohio. So that's a pretty big deal because our hike will be, this year will be the first year that that is a House bill, and we'll be having the hike the same day. First Saturday of May. First Saturday of May, which will be May 5th this year in Carrollton, Ohio. Okay. Um, make sure you email me as we get closer. I will. I want to come out. and I, I, wanna, would, I, I would take, love to see you guys there. I want to come out and take part in that. Um, I, I would I would be a big fan of that. I uh, yeah I mean it's obviously something I think we should we should we should we should all be able to support there. Um, just got a message from one of the representatives of the Canton Charge. They're doing military appreciation night on March third, and they said, "Hey, you tell Albert as many tickets as he needs. We will get that place filled up with as many veterans as he can. That. So we, uh, we, we we will certainly right. expedite that here. as well. Yeah. Hey, you know I mean we've all got a role to play in this. Sure. At the end of the day, I think I think we all do. And I guess sometimes to me it just feels like I understand this is a real problem i just feel like as a non you know military member i don't know what to do i don't know how to make this a lighter burden on those military families on those military members so i guess sometimes to me it's just like i think a lot of people feel like hands up what do i do i want to help but where do i go what do i do right well there's several ways you can help and obviously you know if you go to the website save22.vet 
you know, there's many things on that website you can see. You can buy some swag. You can donate. You can get involved in some of these programs. You know, and it's as simple as today's, you know, a buddy check day. And we talked about this off the air. You know, the twenty second of every month. Twenty second okay. of every month. It's kind of something we do as, as, a, as a family. We call ourselves a dysfunctional family, which we are. It's crazy, but you know, it, you, you shoot somebody a text. Check on your neighbor. You know, hold a door for somebody. You know, those little things. If you're having a bad day, and I walk out, and you would say, "Hey, man, what's up?" You know, not even knowing you. Man, you can change somebody's attitude quick. It's one of these things. I agree. It's one of these things where it's like if you only paid attention to the news or social media. They have us all sold, and we all hate one another. But yet, when you go to Walmart or whatever, and you open a door for somebody, everybody says thanks, everybody gets along, we're all wrong. I mean, I think we're closer together than some people want us to believe. I, I, I would 100% agree. You know, we, it, it, it's such a tight community, this area, you know, specifically speaking, Canton, you know, down in the Sandy Valley, Carrollton, Minerva, Malvern, that, this whole area. You know, when something happens, it, 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 it is so quick to affect everybody. Sure. You know, and just think, if that's a bad thing, think what a good thing could do. Right. I mean, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's Albert Wooden. He's the president of Save22, the website Save22.vet. The 1-800 number, again, is 1-800-273-8255. I know a lot of you listening have served in the military. If you are feeling like you want to reach out, you can do it. You should do it. I don't want you to end up being one of these 22. This number is way too high. We know ultimately it's probably higher, but we can all come together and lower it the best we can. Again, on Twitter, at Save22Vets. And again, one more time, because I feel like this is important. The 1-800 number is 1-800-273-8255. Albert Wooden, thank you so much, man. I believe there's another show in the building that's got a few minutes for you, and we'd love to like uh, Absolutely. You know, let you get your message out there. Again, the website, save22.vet. We'll be right back with more Sandsbury Show. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. I want to thank Albert Wooden one more time from Save 22. Uh, if you're unaware, 22 veterans a day take their lives via suicide. That's way too many. Uh, Albert and his crew at Save 22. Again, the website, save22.vet. And the phone number one more time, 1-800-273-8255. If you have served and you are feeling like you uh, could use some help, reach out. Albert said it over and over again. It's okay not to be okay. And it totally is. Um, um, Missy also writes in and says, uh, she is the wife of one of the guys who works with Save 22. She said, will you please remind everybody that that hike in May is a free event open to the entire public, not just vets. And again, that'll be May 5th. More information on that at Save22.vet. Missy, thank you for that. Uh, Fantone and I both plan on attending. Easily one of my favorite interviews we've ever done on this show. Um, yeah, hard to, just, hard to hate on that one. I mean, just had great insight, was able to answer questions on the fly, and is doing literally like like the Lord's work here. Yeah. So like, uh, hats off to Albert. Um, and if you're dude, if you're a not a veteran and you feel a little bit of like, man, I wish I could be involved in something, dude, make a donation. Reach out to Save Twenty Two and see how you can be a part of, of of helping these veterans out. Money moves everything. You know what I mean? A donation would be huge. So I want to thank Albert one more time. That was awesome. Thank you, thank, I, you, uh, thank you. Really appreciated him. Um, we are going to talk. He's a he's a golf nut, much like myself. And as I was walking him out of the building, we were kind of talking and like, dude, maybe we should get together, grab a bunch of. You know, grab a bunch of veterans, me and you, we each get a team, we go out, go out, play a little golf, right? And maybe get a band or something, play, play later some money, that night. Things. So like I'm gonna it. I'm gonna kick around some ideas with uh with management here in the building over the next few weeks. We'll see if we can't make that happen, but I think it would just be a cool thing to do. Um 
I just think it'd be a cool thing to do. I, I, I think sometimes this is a group of people that gets wildly overlooked, and uh, I think we're seeing it with 22 suicides a day, which, again, if that's the number they that, that, that the government's come up with, you know it's higher than that. We know it's higher than that, and it could be much, much lower. Uh, Teresa will get you hooked up with another trip out to Los Angeles. That will be at 11 o'clock this morning. She'll give you your next keyword for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Be back at this live again tomorrow for the final day of the week on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9.